welcome to the Build Your Coaching Business Around the 9 to 5 podcast. I'm your coach, Pamela Pritchard, and I help you go from employee to business owner. Whether you're creating your first client or learning how to create clients on repeat whilst holding down your day job, I'll help you make your business dreams a reality. Let's begin. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Build Your Coaching Business Around the 9 to 5 podcast. For today's episode, we are going to be diving in to the topic of becoming a life coach. I just want to take a minute before I go into the podcast, though, to say thank you so much to the beautiful messages I've received regarding episode one and two. It was a labor of love. I was so nervous to release it and to really communicate my message to the world in this way. There was always something about delivering a podcast that felt so much more intimate to me. I think it's because I can truly speak. I feel like I've got the time and the energetic space to be able to really deep dive into these topics and to really share from my heart and soul about what it takes to build your coaching business and to make it a success and to do it in a way where it truly reflects the essence of you. And so I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much. It is such a pleasure to be here for episode three. So let's dive in. You're here because you have been through something that has caused you to find life coaching. And then you've decided that the transformation was so profound or so important to your own experience of life that you've then wanted to become a life coach to other people. The way that people become life coaches isn't the way that most people find their careers. And I think that that's really important to acknowledge and recognize. I don't think there's anybody in this industry for the wrong reasons. It isn't a get rich quick kind of business. And I know in the industry, it has such potentiality, such limitless possibilities. And there is such a culture around celebrating and striving for big money goals that it, I sometimes feel like we can lose and feel disconnected from what this is all about and why we're really here. Let me know if this resonates with you, but if you're anything like me, when you first found your career, whatever that was, it was probably because either your parents did it, you knew somebody that did it that you admired or that you wanted to be like, or you were good at it at school and you felt like it was viable. You felt like it was realistic. It was something that felt safe, secure, that had prospects. This was certainly the case for me when I was figuring out what my career was going to be when I was like 16, 17 years old and we're being pushed into choosing what you're going to do for your degree. We're being pushed into choosing our A-levels. We're being asked to answer big questions about what we want in life when all we cared about as teenagers was just trying to get through the day and having fun with friends and messing around and learning what was joyful, but not actually wanting to think about how that would impact our futures. I ended up taking a gap year and it was in my gap year that I met somebody in human resources who allowed me to do work experience with them. And it was off the back of that, 
still not really knowing what I wanted to do with my life, what I wanted to do with my career. I, I just thought, well, I know I don't want to be a nurse. I know I don't want to deal with animals. I know, um, I know business is everywhere. It's viable. I didn't want to be a teacher. I didn't want to deal with kids. So by process of elimination, I went into business and did human resources because I enjoyed psychology at school. I enjoyed English at school and I chose business studies because I was interested in how things come to be like the exchange of value, the exchange of products and services that always kind of took a, had a spark of interest for me. And so that's why I chose the degree that I did. I went into business studies and human resources, but I only ever did that because I knew it was the right thing to do. And I knew that it had career prospects at the end. I knew I could get a grad job. I knew I could work my way up the ladder. I was always taught that stability and security is an important thing to have. And this very much informed the career choices that I made. And then when you're in a career path, you just kind of work your way up the ladder, right? You just keep going for more, more salary, more title, more responsibility, um, more, more visibility, more credibility. And I found my way into law firms and law firms, if you've worked with law firms, let me know, because I always love to know people who have worked in law firms because you just get it on, on another level. There is like needing good grades and then there's grades that actually reflect your value as a person. And this is like the world that law firms live in. They determine your worth through the grades that you have, through the success that you have, whether or not you've worked for a prestigious enough um, firm or whether you come from a prestigious or a red brick university. And this is how you're defined. You're defined by your success. You're defined by the systems and establishments that you come from. You are defined by your privilege and privilege is rewarded. And so when I became disinterested in that way of being, and I started to question it, and I started to think, what this surely isn't how we're going to move through life. I found life coaching around that time that I was questioning everything. And becoming a life coach for me, and I know you're going to relate to this, is has been such a joyous transition. Having the experience of life coaching, being able to connect to my truest desires, my truest purpose, my truest calling, and then realizing that I can do that for other people. Oh my gosh, game changer, absolute fucking game changer. And I think this is one of the first pillars of becoming a life coach. It is going through your own transformation and realizing that through this human experience of being the type of person that stepped out of what was assumed, that stepped out of what was already determined for you, that stepped out of the routine and the habits and the things that you were doing by default and you and you took a pause and you said wait a minute do i really want this is this who i really am is this what my life is going to be about and you've taken that pause in your life and you've experienced life coaching or the power of life coaching because you're seeking your own transformation I think that is one of the first pillars of becoming a life coach. And yet, when I speak to coaches, especially who are newer in their journey, 
they often say to me, I don't think I have enough experience to be a life coach. I don't think I have enough to give other people. Who am I to do this? Who am I to help others? And in actual fact, the very journey that led you to this point is evidence of your transformation. And it's evidence that you have something to give. And so this is one of the exercises I actually give my clients inside Thrive, my one-to-one program for coaches who are building their coaching business around the nine to five. I help them identify their before and after story. It's like their hero's journey or their heroine's journey. I help them cultivate that self-awareness. And this is what I want you to do for yourself right now is to think about where was I before I found life coaching and where am I now? Because even if you're at the beginning of your coaching journey and of your business journey, you've already undergone a transformation. And the work now is to see your power, see your transformation, claim your story, trust in the value that you have to give just by way of you even being here right now. Because if you are so focused on you being new and comparing yourself to people that are ahead of you, you're putting them on a pedestal and you're not seeing your own worth and your own value. You only need to be comparing yourself to the version of you from before. And that version of you from before is leagues away from the woman that you are now. That alone is enough of a transformation to qualify you as a life coach. And I think you need to lean into that more and give yourself permission to claim that story. And now that you're thinking about that and the cogs are turning, I want you to really consider what would it look like? How would I show up differently if I really did claim my story? If I really did claim everything that I have achieved in my life, everything I have gone through, everything I have survived, everything that I have thrived in, All of that is valid. All of that is useful to someone else who looks at you and says, wow, how did you do that? I wish I could be a bit more like you. I wish I could have those things that you have achieved. And you just need to step up out of the the weeds, out of doubt, of fear, of uncertainty, and actually claim a little bit of the magic of who you are. Because that for someone else is medicine. And that's what we do as life coaches. We we live through our own examples, through our own transformation. And we become the example for other people, no matter where we are on our journey. So step one of the things you need to become a life coach is absolutely your own transformation. It's thinking about the journey that you've been on, where you've come from, how it all started, and where you are right now. Number two is coaching skills, coaching with confidence. And this is something where I am always very curious with my new clients if they have had any professional training. And when I say professional, I mean, you have been, you have put yourself in a learning environment in which to learn the skills to hold somebody through their own transformation. Because I always think your own transformation step one is why people are going to connect with you and why people are going to work with you. But if you're truly going to become a life coach versus an influencer or versus a public speaker, the skill of life coaching is a skill. It is something that needs to be developed. 
And I think it's important to do so because we need to be able to hold space in a safe way for other people's traumas, for other people's experiences, for other people's fears and doubts and struggles. And we need to be able to hold them as they transition into whatever transformation they're looking for. And I think that that does require a little bit more than just relying on our own experience because we're not here to give advice as life coaches. We're here to remind people of their own power and to give them their own transformation, whatever that looks like for them. So even if somebody comes to you because of the things that you have achieved in your story, it doesn't mean that those same things are going to be right for them because they're going to be carving out their own story using the tools that you have. Now, Putting yourself through a coaching certification or a learning environment where you can effectively hold someone, I think is important, but not everything. So this is a bit of a nuanced, bit of a paradox piece. If you don't have the formal training and the formal certification and you're not interested in getting one, I would definitely look at your reasons as to why. And I would definitely look at the kind of coach that you want to become because it might be that you're better off becoming a mentor where you're actually saying to somebody, this is my journey, this is my blueprint, this is therefore what you're gonna be paying to experience as well, and you take my steps and they will work for you or maybe they won't. My definition of coaching is to invite people into your container where you create the container, there may be some guidance, there there may even be some form of blueprint, but they carve out of it whatever they need. They take away whatever they need and they more importantly tap into their own wisdom and their own intuition and their own power in order to make the decisions that they need for their own life. Now, a lot of clients come to me already with a certification, but lacking coaching confidence. And so if that's you, this isn't a problem. This is just a matter of experience. And experience is how you build confidence. Confidence is something that you can cultivate before you've gained experience, but the more experience you get, the more you will be able to back yourself because not only have you gone through it, not only with your own transformation and holding other people through their own journey, but you will have also gained the experience of actually seeing other people's stories, other people's before and afters. And it makes your your efforts in connecting with people and helping people far more potent because not only are you drawing from your own experience, you're then drawing from a collective experience from what you've seen in other people. And this is also where you start to develop your own IP, your own intellectual property. So if you're a newer coach and you haven't coached, let's say anything from like 30 to 50 people yet, but you're thinking that you need a program, you want to create a course, you want to create materials for your clients, I would invite you to hold off because you're trying to determine what your clients need before you've even worked with them. And actually, it's the experience of working with 30, 40, 50, 100 people, even more, that is then going to inform what they need from the experience that you gain of working with a number of different people. The potency of your teachings are going to be so much more powerful. And this is how I created all of my programs. It wasn't until I'd already coached some people that I started to then create my IP, my intellectual property, to then help them. But before I'd helped that many people, 
I just started by coaching them because the power of a phone call is everything. A phone call, a Zoom call, whatever, whatever medium you want to use, that alone is enough of a transformation for your clients. The power of having just one hour where each week they can sit down with you and talk through everything that's going on in their lives or their business or their careers or their relationships or their weight loss journey or their spiritual journey or their confidence journey, that alone is enough. Any more is just extra. And if they had the means or the inclination to do it, they probably would have already done homework already. The reason they haven't is the reason they're paying for life coaching. So life coaching alone is potent. And the more you lean into that and you lean into the power of an hour of your time, leveraging your experience and building your own experience, as you put the skills that you, you've learned into use, the more confidence you're going to build. So that's the second pillar of becoming a coach is actually coaching, getting out there and coaching people, helping people. And if you're thinking, well, Pamela, I don't know how to do that. I want to coach. I've got the certification or I don't have a certification, but I know enough about my own transformation. I've got enough self-awareness. I know enough to be able to hold the space for someone. I definitely have pillars one and two. Now it's a case of how do I even get clients? Then this leads on to pillar three, becoming a life coach also means becoming a business owner. And a lot of life coaches get really upset when I tell them this, but becoming a life coach means getting out there and effectively building a business. And you're building a business by going out there and communicating what you do, building relationships with people and offering them coaching services as a means to help them. It really, really does get to be that simple. And the more that you do so, and the more practice and experience that you gain in that action, you will naturally start to build foundations of your business as a byproduct of that. Because when you start communicating your message, you're probably going to be doing that by going to events or having conversations with people that you know, like in your network, your friends, your colleagues, um, finding ways to just chat to people at coffee shops or networking events or saying yes to more things. Or it might look like starting a social media account and actually communicating about the things that you're passionate about. A lot of my, a lot of people make the mistake, even that come into Thrive, they want to start by building a business before they actually coach people. Whereas I want to offer you, what if you just started coaching people? And you got creative with any means that you could think of in which to coach people. And the more that you go out there and challenge yourself to answer that question, how can I coach someone today? How can I coach someone today? Every single day that you wake up, you say to, my, you say to yourself, how can I coach someone today? One day that might look like looking on, on Eventbrite for networking events. Another day it might look like, oh shit, maybe I'll just go to that party tonight that I was going to say no to and stay in and watch Netflix instead. But actually... Maybe I can coach someone tonight, or it might look like I'm going to go do a live, or I'm going to share something that's valuable to me, or I'm going to share a story, or I'm going to make an offer to my local um, chamber of commerce, or I'm going to Google 10 businesses in my, in my area, in my postcode, and reach out to every single one of them and offer them a workshop. 
or maybe in your current company, you could offer to do something for mental, um, mental health week. There are so many different ways that you could coach people. And there are so many ways that you can maximize opportunities every single day. And if you did that every single day, by default, you would end up building a business. And this is the kind of thinking that you need to have as a life coach. So pillar three is very much developing business skills, but you can do that by accident as a result of getting out there and just coaching, or you can do that firstly by learning business skills. So you might take the approach that a lot of my clients love to take and I give them inside Thrive is to really consider the components of what it is to actually have a coaching business. So you need an offer, you need something to sell. So even if you got in front of people and you said, well, I can coach you and they say, okay, what does that look like? You have an answer to that question. Now, when you begin, that might literally look like just have a free session with me. Let's just chat. We'll have an hour together. I'll coach you. And then we can discuss what's next. It gets to be that organic. It might be that you start thinking about marketing, but marketing is one of my favorite coaches. Simone Seale says, marketing is just conscious communication. And it is literally that it is communicating with intent and with self-awareness and with something to actually impart to the other person, which other than just helping them doesn't really need to be anything else, but that alone gets to be enough. Then it's the sale aspect. So back to what I said just now, coaching somebody making an offer, but the sale itself is an agreement. It's them saying, yeah, yeah, I'll have an hour with you. I'd love to chat with you about what's going on. I'd love to have a coaching session. The sale part of that conversation is you claiming it and you pinning it down and going, let's put a date in the diary. Yes, that's fantastic. Let's make this happen. Oh, yeah, let's do that. And I charge 50 pounds or $50 for a session together. How would you like to pay? It is literally making it super simple and just pinning down the commitment whether or not there's a financial exchange. And again, if you get up every single day and you do this and you approach building your business in this way, it gets to be that simple. And what you'll find is over time, you start to build more confidence. And it goes back to that coaching confidence because you're gaining experience. But it also goes back to your own transformation because every time you're putting yourself out there, you're gaining more, you're getting more experience from people saying yes to you. You're getting more experience from people saying no to you. You're learning so much about what feels good, what doesn't, what feels scary, what doesn't, what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy. And the more that you put yourself out there, the more data and the more experiences you have to go, okay, well, this is the kind of coach I want to be. These are the kind of frameworks in which I want to meet people. These are the kind of conversations I love to have. So many of you spend so much time thinking about a niche and what you want to tie to yourselves and how you want to get out there and whether you should do it on Instagram or Facebook or whether you should do events, do anything and everything that lights you up. This is how you start. It's like, imagine you've never tasted food before and you were like an alien that landed on planet earth and you found yourself in a buffet and you could have everything and you'd never tasted any of it before. Now, I know some of you like to look at a menu and you like to decide ahead of time, but imagine you had never seen any of those foods on the menu, they were as good as another language. What would you do then? So you've just got to turn up to the buffet and you've got to choose something. Choose the one that smells the best to you. Choose the one that looks the most interesting to you. Choose the one that looks exciting. Choose the one that you're just naturally compelled to do. 
and you're going to more naturally do it. And yeah, you might taste it and go, oh, I'm not sure about this. I don't like that. Or you might taste it and go, oh my God, I'm nervous about what this is going to feel like. But you go ahead and you taste it anyway. And that's how you build experience about how you want to be as a coach and how you want to show up. This is exactly how I would do it if I could do it again. And I was working towards my first paid client, even my first 10 clients. And this is kind of how I did do it. I literally choose chose things that appealed to me, that seemed interesting, that seemed exciting, that yeah, maybe they seemed scary, but also they were like intriguing and I was curious enough about them to put myself out there and give it a go. And if I could do it again, I wouldn't spend time, waste time on a niche. I want to tell you why. And I'm going to probably do another podcast episode on this. In fact, I'm going to make that my next podcast episode, decided. But I'm going to give you a little snippet of it now. The reason why I don't want you to waste your time on a niche is because life coaching is niche enough. Do you know how many people give zero fucks about changing anything in their life? You're speaking to the people who want change. That alone is enough of a niche. You're already eliminating 30, 50, 60% of the population. Of course, people want to feel better. Of course, people want to have things and they want to experience different things and they want to have a better life and feel better in their life. But are they willing to make a change? No. That honestly, trust me when I say, eliminates the majority of people. We are speaking to the smaller majority of people like you who identify that something needs to change, or maybe through your content or your communication or your um, just you being in front of them in whatever mode that is, you make them realize that not only is there a change to be had, that a change is possible, and you evoke a desire in them to make a change. That alone is enough. You being a life coach is enough. And if you don't believe me, I want you to think about therapists as an example. How many people do you know in your life who would turn their nose up at a therapist? They're not your clients. They're not the therapist's clients either. Now think about a couple of the people in your life who have maybe had therapy, who advocate for therapy, who would go back to therapy in a heartbeat. Those are the people therapists talk to. And of course, that pool of people who would never dream of it until they need it might suddenly turn around and go, yeah, I need therapy one day when the time comes but when the time comes. So think of it that way. The people who need to work with you are the people who want to make a change. That's all you need to know to get started. So I'm going to recap now. Becoming a life coach takes three simple things. Having your own transformation, which I guarantee you have if you're listening to this podcast. So your work now really is just to identify what that is and to own it. The second is developing coaching skill and coaching confidence. Skill can be obtained through a certification, not necessarily, I recommend it though, but confidence ultimately comes from experience. And then thirdly, developing business skills. And it isn't that the business skills in and of themselves are what you need because true business really is just an exchange of value. It is them asking for your services and you providing them. If you want to call that business, you can call it business. If you want to call it divine exchange, you can call it divine exchange. But the skill of developing a divine exchange is realizing that you have something to exchange, communicating what that exchange is, and then locking it in 
so that that exchange can actually happen. If you want to call that an offer, marketing and sales, so be it. But it doesn't have to be that um, capitalist if that doesn't resonate with you. But you do need those things no matter what. So let's embrace them. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let us embrace them. We're going to embrace those words. And I'm going to use them interchange, interchangeably. I think divine exchange as, as a form of business is the kind of business building we're doing. We're building solar-led businesses here. So let me know if this was helpful. If you have any questions about any of this, drop me a message. Let me know what your key takeaways are. And... If you have any requests, then my DMs are always open. I absolutely love to hear them. I'm here in service of you. And if you want to take any of this work further and you want my support as we develop what your divine exchange is going to be, what your offer, your how you're going to market, how you're going to sell <laughs> and lock down that exchange of services with your soul clients, then I would love to work with you. You can schedule a free consult and you can go to the links in the show notes uh, or in the comment section here if you're listening and watching on YouTube uh, to connect with me and we can get together and see how that's going to pan out if that's something that you want to do. If you want an actual free training on how to create clients, then I have a fantastic training I would love for you to download. You can head to my website and download that in the free resources section, along with a whole bunch of other free resources available for you. So thank you so much. Have a beautiful day and I will catch you in the next episode. <music>